the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and you're welcome to join us at any time. We're talking cars and car stuff, and uh, here's here's what works the best. You just talk about the car, the year, the make, the miles, stuff like that, and then it's a give-and-take thing. So I'll ask you, what are the symptoms that you're trying to identify, or what are the symptoms that it's exhibiting now? Or specifically, what is it about the car that you kind of want help on? And that's kind of an easy thing to transition to. Then I'm going to ask you, uh, does the vibration occur in the steering wheel? No. Does it occur in the seat of your pants? Yes. No, there is no vibration. Does the car pull to the left? No. To the right? No. Is there any abnormal wear on the front tires? When the check engine light comes on, I'm sure you've gone to the auto parts store and they give you a code, but the code doesn't mean that that part's bad. It means that part's seeing a problem. So has anybody done any analysis on your particular code to try to determine what it is? The answer to that kind of a discussion is simple because probably 20 to 25 percent of the oxygen sensor codes we see actually necessitate the replacement of the oxygen sensor. The oxygen sensor simply tells the computer if the exhaust has too much fuel in it or too little fuel in it and in reality we want the exhaust to be in the middle. Well if you have a a vacuum leak up front in the engine it's going to yell lean, lean, not enough fuel, I don't see a lot of fuel and the computer will watch that for some period of time or, or what we call heat cycles, the car warms up and then it cools down or it could simply be however many starts or in time. So at that particular point, you got an oxygen sensor screaming, but he's the messenger. So you go up front and you find out, hmm, there's a big vacuum hose off right here. You plug it in, you look at the oxygen sensor, and instead of yelling 111 all the time, and or 555, it actually is 2.5. So it's right in the middle of the range. And think about a 1 through 5 range with 2.5 being in the middle. So that's kind of how it works. There's lots of codes out there that um, have nothing to do with really what ultimately fixes them. It's not uncommon for us to have all kinds of fuel starvation problems or the abundance of fuel. So the oxygen sensor screaming, ooh, way too much, way too much. And it, the computer tries to shut the faucet off, and then pretty soon the computer's got the faucet completely off, and it's still screaming, the O2 sensor's still screaming, you're showering fuel on me. Well, at that particular point, then you know to go look at the downside of the fuel delivery. So you have a pump in the tank that feeds the fuel injection system, and then we have this little device called the fuel pressure regulator. 
And if the pressure drops too low, the fuel pressure regulator shuts the gate. So we build fuel pressure, and then it opens and meters the gate. Well, if that goes bad, then you have an, an unrestricted, unidentified, tremendous fuel supply to the engine. And so it's running real rough. Your gasoline you know, mileage went crazy down, and you have a check engine light, and it says oxygen sensor, and really you have to replace the fuel pressure regulator. I'm not here to sell you on all this stuff. I'm here to give you good advice that's going to save you money. What happens that shouldn't happen is the wife comes in and parrots what the husband said to say. That's kind of the worst case scenario. You're getting it second hand. She doesn't drive the car. She's bringing it in. And the shop really does have a responsibility to call the husband and say, let's talk symptoms. What is it you're hoping to fix? And what they don't want to hear is, is, well, I got on YouTube and I got on the Internet and I did this and I did that and I did this. And, and then I say at the end, so pretty much you spent a whole lot of money and you haven't fixed anything that you want to fix. So why didn't you just spend $150 to have somebody diagnose it? And then you look them in the eye and you say, hey, um, are we guessing with your money or my money? Because I need to know your diagnosis is 100%. And then go home and fix it yourself. But if the, it doesn't work, or if the part's dead, or if there's another symptom, the, historically the customer comes back and says, you gave me something. And then the shop has an obligation to diagnose another problem in order to prove that they didn't have anything to do with it. So those are the kinds of things, and I'm not sticking up for shops, and I'm not sticking up for customers but I think both of us have the opportunity to be better. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. We have five. Gil is the pilot that pilots this plane, although he has no control of me in the very back of the plane because there's ten doors between him and I, and he's allowed through nine of them. <laughs> and so when you call 602-508-0960, Gil's going to be the one that takes your call, and he'll ask you your name, and he'll put you in queue. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing in Mesa. Been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma owned and operate Thompson's Auto Repair. You only have to meet them before you really know why they're such good people. They know the difference between right and wrong. They have ASC certified technicians. They follow up with friendly reminders that your vehicle may be due for this service if your mileage is about here. And those are kind of nice because you can decide. And you, it's important for you to know your owner's manual and specifically the maintenance part of it. So remember, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing is on Main Street just east of Stapley. Main Street just east of Stapley. And they're a good shop for you to go in. Unfortunately, they're the best shop in Mesa that I could find. Many have applied, but unfortunately, they didn't have the five years. They didn't have the insurance. They didn't have the reputation, stuff like that. So I am the one that vets the shops, and I assure you I'm doing a good job. You know, I also say to you, if you have a complaint, then I'll guide you through a dispute resolution process and at the end of the dispute resolution process whether it's an arbitrator mediator whatever then if the shop says no they're told to write a check they're told to fix the car the whatever if the shop says no then I'll do that up to five thousand dollars so 
if they say the shop needs to spend $220 to fix this and the shop says, nope, I'll pay it, I'll fix it, but I'm going to kick the shop off. So to be perfectly honest with you, since 1988, that has never happened. Now, it's true that I've removed a couple of shops for behavioral issues and stuff that I found pretty concerning, but I've never paid a dime since 1988, and that should tell you about the quality of the shops that I recommend to you. I've been in this business a really long time, and I can tell you that the front counter give and take is so important, and that's why it's difficult when the wife comes and regurgitates what the husband said. Ladies, we know you're in a bad position under those circumstances, unless, of course, you say, can I walk out to the car with you? Yes, ma'am. There's an oil leak right here across the front of the car. It drips straight below there. Whew, we never get that. (laughs) So we walk around the back of the car, and there's no oil spots all over the back of the trunk. So we know it's not a real severe leak. So we put it up on the rack. We know exactly in the area it is, and there's a power steering hose. And they say red fluid, and it's red fluid. Or they say it's clear fluid, and it's clear fluid. So we know exactly where the leak is at. You see, because many times, even my own shop, we will fix an oil leak, but we don't fix the right oil leak because nobody asks There's a lot of times that we replace something and fix something that wasn't really what they wanted fixing. And vibrations are a big part of that. So the shop has to be dead on and it has to convince you that they're not guessing with your money. This is all called self-defense for car expense. It's a matter of trying to educate the public on how to better interface with our auto repair facility. Now that that includes dealerships, that includes chain, auto repair chain, that includes independents, that includes the travel guys, all that kind of stuff. There's no way that you can properly bid a job unless you have specific information. Now if somebody calls and says, I have an 80 or 96 uh, caravan, grand caravan, and um, it's not running well, how much is a set of spark plugs? The If the shop's on their toes, and I've been in business 39 years, the shop says, we'll put plugs in it if you want, but there's no guarantee we're going to fix the problem because you, you obviously have diagnosed it. Oh, no, no, it's just due. Fair enough. We're going to write it on the work order. It's just due, R&R spark plugs. But if they come in and say, I want you to put spark plugs in it, and you say, well, tell me what symptom we're trying to fix, and they say, no, no, I got this, then you just have them sign the work order and say, I've dictated exactly what I want, and the success of this repair depends on my ability to diagnose it, and I won't hold the shop responsible because that happens. We're told to do a repair, and then the conversation afterwards, well, you didn't fix this. And we say, we don't know anything to fix. You represented this as just something you wanted done. We never had an opportunity to to diagnose the problem. We just did what you did. You said to do. Replace the mass airflow sensor, $400, something like that. Okay, we got a caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Chris. Chris, good morning to you. Good morning, Mark. And I appreciate what you led off with about that. I, I had no idea that you um, did what you said you do, you know, and even more impressed that you haven't had to pay out, you know, so you've... You, 
obviously vet your uh, advertisers very, very well. You know. Yep. But uh, um, we I do. Got a, I got. I got maybe two questions. Okay. Okay. One, um, it's a '95 Buick Century. I keep I keep bringing this thing back to life. You know, I have to dig it out of the grave every once in a while. But uh -huh. um, we did a lot of work through it this time. Um, it was uh, sucking uh, transmission fluid out of the transmission and put it, pumping it into the engine. Uh, got that all fixed up, and um, we found out that the uh, fuel pump was bad, so we did the fuel pump. And um, what's going on is quite interesting. The other day, I was I'm on, on uh, Route 10, and I'm headed back towards home in Peoria. And uh, I had to step on my brakes a little harder than I normally do, but the traffic was terrible. And the car stalled. Boom. Oh, wow, what the heck just happened? Uh, lights came on, and they had no more juice. Um, so I sat there for a minute put my flashers on, and uh, tried to start it again, and it started up. So, okay, so I go to take off, and the next stop, it does the same thing. Now, okay, okay, we got to get to the end of this symptom. I mean, what are we trying to fix? Okay, so, um, my conclusion is... No, 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 all I've got is, is when you come up to a stop, the engine dies. And I, I I thought you were calling me to ask me my opinion on what it might be. You got me. You got me. I apologize. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it's let me ask you a question. If it's got a bad brake booster, and it could easily be a bad brake booster, then if you're sitting in your car and it's warm, and the car's idling fine, and you push the brake, n normal or a little hard, and then you detect the car going from e, and then it goes da 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 da, -da and then you let go of the brake, boom, it's okay. So that could be one of them, and you can test it just like I said. You could also have an EGR problem. The EGR valve is supposed to close when you come to an idle, and if it sticks open, then it creates a huge vacuum leak and causes the car to die. I noticed what you said was is you came to a stop, and the car started up immediately. I was thinking to myself, he just put a fuel pump in that. I wonder if we got a leak that he created. But you said it started up immediately. If you screwed up the the fuel pump installation, then you would have had to crank it for an exceptional amount of time until it fired up. So I'm listening to you, and that's what I'm thinking. So with respect to that, I think, and that's all I got to guess. But when we come back, I'll take your second question. I think there's a second car, and we'll do that. Anybody else? 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Let's talk. You're making... Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m., to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf 
and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Since 1964, Hustler Turf Equipment has been designing, engineering, and assembling zero-turn lawnmowers with U.S. and global parts right here in the United States. Professional landscapers and homeowners alike have relied on Hustler Turf Equipment to provide features such as Hustler's patented smooth track steering, heavy-duty steel decks, and premium bolstered seats. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's H-U-S-T-L-E-R Turf.com, HustlerTurf.com. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Well, welcome back, everybody. The most important part of this conversation is, is, is you know, symptoms. And let me tell you about another shop, and then we're going to go back to Chris because he has a second call, and if we have four lines open. So if you'd like to join us, it's easy, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Blackwell Auto covers for me the northeast portion of Scottsdale. He's at 40th and Greenway. I've known Tom for more than 20 years. He's a really good technician. He's got some technicians that can work on the old cars as well as the new cars. He's got a staff that he's had for years and years and years, and he's one of those clones were clones of one another or were you know were brothers with different mothers <laughs> and, and that mean that we're both alike we both know right for wrong and we're pretty good at just um knowing when our staff doesn't tell us the truth or they can't answer, answer the question so if you're interested in a good shop you know have one 40th street and greenway uh, tom blackwell auto it's called blackwell auto chris let's try that second thing what you got on that yeah, am I coming in uh, better now? Yeah, just speak up, and then that's better already. Okay, good. Um, just so I can put this other issue to bed, it always happened when it was under a half a tank, but just above a quarter, and that's when it would conk out. It doesn't um, make any so difference to me. Okay. Because okay. if you put the fuel pump in right, and the sock is down in the bottom of the floor of the tank, um, then it's going to pick up all the way to E. So, uh, you know, if if... You put a pump in it, and if this is a problem inside the tank, it's yours. So you didn't buy the right pump. It didn't stick. You didn't make sure that the pump sock went all the way to the floor of the tank. So it could be that, but here's the problem with that. You didn't say anything about 75 miles an hour, this thing dying. And so if yeah. we're sucking half air and suck half air and half fuel, then right. it's going to die. So let's move on to the second. Okay, second is... Um, I, hit, I put a different size tire, uh, a, more, a higher diameter tire, on this Buick. Um, there was a 
somebody had them for sale, all four of them, and I said, that that could work really well. They look good. They're practically brand new. It was like, you know, $75 for all four of them. I checked the dates on them. They look good. There was no cracking at okay, all. Okay, let's get does to that, the... Okay, does that change uh, any of the dynamics of my engine RPMs or my fuel usage or... Uh, Anything like that? Would that have any effect on it, putting a larger tire on Yes. Yes, of course it does. The computer is not used to a larger tire. So your speed's going to be off. Your MPGs, if as far as the car is figuring that out on your dashboard, that's going to be affected. I don't know what size you went from and you go to, but... Um, you You can find somebody. I think Discount Tire can do that. You can go in and say... The sticker on my door says, this is the size I have. I have these on there now. Is there any way you can give me some kind of a sheet that tells me what the balance is? My own truck has much bigger tires on it, and I know I'm 6% over. So if I round it to 10 at 70 miles an hour, I'm either doing 7 less or 7 more. (laughs) And in my tires, I'm doing 7 more. So the circumference of the tire on the ground makes all the difference on your and it doesn't make all the difference it depends on how big the difference is the idea is is that it can create transmission shift issues it can create engine codes because the computer looks at the fuel delivery and decides that we're going faster or slower than we should have and the tire can create that problem and I lock brakes they expect one kind of tire with one kind of footprint if you put slicks on all four t- corner, and I know you wouldn't, um, then that could create a problem on your ABS. It's not anything I know anybody's died from. It's not anything I'm 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 afraid of. So if you said to my you, my wife could use your car and go to Tucson, I'd I'd have no problem with that. But yes, there's going to be a change. What you do is you just go in and get the circumference of both of them, divide that up, see what the difference is, either in miles per hour or in percentage, and then you'll have the answer. So, anyway, thanks very much, Chris. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. It, and we got another caller. Who could that be? That would be David. David, good morning. Good morning. How can I help you? Hey, I got a comment about a caller from two weeks ago. Okay. He he was talking about lag time when he stepped on the pedal. Yeah. I have a 2010 Camaro. It had that same problem when I bought it. I, because I complained about it when I got it. And then what I ended up doing is putting a pedal commander on it, and that res- my pedal response is quite a bit faster. Okay. Um, this guy said that he stomped the throttle, and there was a second or two or some uh, uncontrollable, uncomfortable hesitation before it rocketed. Yeah, it's lag time. I mean, I don't know why GM did that, but it, if you step on the pedal, it takes a minute for it to decided to catch up to you but so i put a, a pedal commander in there and then that problem went away okay i'm not familiar with this pattern failure i'm not familiar with the pedal commander either but i am familiar with lag time uh, i'm real familiar with lag time especially in a diesel powered vehicle but in a gas as well we can't open up the egr until we develop some rpms if the egr comes on open there's lag we also have a air control motor and when you throttle up, the air control motor kind of goes out of the system, and it's metered air amount. So if it's open or closed, or it's dirty, or the passage is dirty, that can create lag time. 
a throttle position sensor that isn't adjusted properly. You have to adjust the throttle position sensor to a specific voltage and at the same time to a specific RPM. We have to synchronize those two guys. So I want to tell you, a lag problem hasn't gone through my shop in 10 years with the exception of diesels. And we do get some lag time and basically it's a turbo that won't spool up fast enough. Now I owned 10 2010 Camaros on the SS version and I've sold all but one and we put blowers on all of them but none of them had a, a, a lag time and they don't have a lag time now. So sometimes the symptom can be repaired with a an adjustment or a cleaning of the air control motor or an EGR. A lot of times what we do is just disconnect the EGR, put a golf tee or a pencil in the f vacuum line that services the EGR and have the customer go drive it for four or five days and if they come back and say better, no lag, then you say okay, well I'll clean your EGR or I'll replace your EGR. How many miles you got on it? Well, 200,000. EGR never been off? Yeah, I don't want to clean it. I want to put a new one in. Or I got 60,000 miles. Well, let me clean it. Let's see how how that goes. So that's kind of the conversation. But the most important part is you fixed it. So if you're happy with it, I'm not going to argue with your process or your decisions. I'm grateful that you got it done, and I think it's admirable that you recognized what you had and you found something that would fix it. So that's good. There's Dodges out there right now, and it's the Eco Diesel motor, and they have a Dodge got in trouble like VW did because their software allowed their cars to run a little faster, but the emissions were a little past the limit. So the the VW people got in a lot of trouble for that, and millions of dollars worth of trouble, and Dodge did the same thing with this EcoBoost. So I'll tell you, we took an EcoBoost to the dealer, and the dealer flashed the computer, put new software in the computer. Here's the deal. When you do that, you rearrange everything in there. Well, come to find out this new software, version 9, is defective in half of the cars or more. And it creates turbo lag time and it creates all kinds of problems. But you can't back up to version 8. So you have to wait till Chrysler comes up with a fix. And that could be how long. So, and that's a turbo lag issue as well. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a 
football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. A promise was made. A promise that hit the beaches of Normandy. A covenant that split the skies over Berlin. A vow that captured Iwo Jima. A promise was made. A solemn oath that liberated Seoul. A sacred trust that defended Khaesan. A pact that dug in in Da Nang. A contract that weathered Tet. A promise was made. A pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq. A bond that patrolled door to door in Fallujah. An IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans. A promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the promise, visit DAV.org. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. All about that demon, all the well, it's 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, or 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10.34. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here till 12 o'clock talking about cars. You're welcome to join us. Two lines are tied up right now, but we've got three open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Real quick, Automatic Transmission Exchange has been rebuilding the trans- transmissions and fixing transmissions and fixing leaks in transmissions since 1968. Phil is an experienced guy. He's, he was around when Fred Flintstone had a transmission, and now he's got all these electronics that do everything by electricity. We shift your car by opening and closing an electrical solenoid. Phil knows all that stuff. So if you have a leak, if you have a shift problem, or you have any kind of transmission problem, he'll drive. He'll send one of his guys with you, and he'll drive your car. And But you just can't have the technician for an hour. So that's automatic transmission, 40th Street in Washington. Uh, yeah, 40th Street in Washington on the north side of the road. Let's go to the callers. And, Ralph, you're up first. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Um, I have a uh, Lexus LS430 2002. And uh, the shop I take it to, he seems to do pretty good all the time. But I just had the control arms 
replaced or repaired, whatever they do to them. Okay. And when I do a tight right turn, I hear a clonk, a bang. To me, it's like two pieces of steel coming together, snapping okay. something. What What were the That's symptoms? Did you tell them to do the the control arm bushings, or is that something that they called you and said, "Hey, you need these"? They call. They told me that they diagnosed, or that was uh, they were bad. Okay, had you given them that direction that I want you to check this clunking or this metal to metal noise? Yes. Uh, after they changed them, it uh, I went back a couple of times because the first time you couldn't find anything. The second time. Oh, I found uh, these bolts were loose, blah, blah, blah. They corrected it, and it did it again. So today we still have the problem. Yeah. Okay. We need another pair of eyes. And if you were at my shop, I'd say the same thing. We just need a fresh pair of eyes. And we need you to work really hard on determining what can you do to make this happen 50 or 75% of the time. And maybe you're turning right into your driveway and you get the metal-to-metal stuff, then hit the brakes and and continue with your throttle, but gently apply the brakes, does it change? Um, I'm not going to disparage your shop. I'm going to talk about all shops in general, but lower control arms and lower control arm bushings is a very profitable business, and there's a whole lot of folks that are told they need that work. But here's the problem. The problem is there are specific symptoms when we lose the bushings. There's a clunk when you take off, and there's a clunk when you stop, and you can feel it in the steering wheel, and it, and you and the faster you stop and the faster you take off, the more the clunk is. And it's in the front end. Those are lower control arm bushings. I'm not a fan of people looking at them and say, oh, they're cracked, they're old. Because it's, it's cracked, it's weathered, um, it looks bad, it's missing a piece, it's squished too much. All of those are adjectives that just aggravate the heck out of me. If there is a knock when you take off or stop rapidly, then I'm not I'm not into that. I don't like the idea of using the words weathered and cracked. That bothers me because the tires are weathered and cracked and nobody's replacing those. So I think we need a fresh pair of eyes. What t- part of town do you live in? East Mesa. Okay. Is Thompson on your radar screen? Somewhere around Apache and, and uh, Stapley? Yeah, I'm at uh, Higley and Kellips. Okay. That's the best I can offer you. Um, mm-hmm. Apache and Stapley. Um, I think you go in and I think you say, hey, Brian, uh, or Thelma, um, I've had some lower control arm bushings uh, installed, and now I have a problem that apparently today they gave me uh, during the installation of these lower control arms or lower control arm bushings and they can't find it so I'm, I've decided to try somebody new and um, can you give me a range of the diagnostic process 20 to 50 dollars he might say 20 to 75 20 on the low if we pick it up and it makes a noise or we turn the steering wheel and the front tires are off the ground and it makes a noise then it's going to probably be related to the pivots on top of the front struts and they would have cha- they would have moved those around when they did the lower control arms. So it could have been that it's come apart, but it could be damaged. So those are the kinds of concerns that you, you have to walk carefully. But the most important statement is, you gave me this problem. 
and you've tried three times and so I'm going to go get a fresh pair of eyes and before I authorize anything I'll call you and oh, okay. um, you know that I think that's what makes a good customer and a lot of times I would say um no no you have it fixed and and I'll I'll trust you if it's gone then come on back bring your receipt and you and I are going to work it out yeah so. and, and he he warranties his parts parts and labor for lifetime so I'm good with that okay but I don't like the noise yeah yeah I don't I don't have any vendors <laughs> that are going to do that for me I think it's a roll of the dice for a shop to do that it's not my call um, I, I typically give whatever the manufacturer gives. So if it's a year and twelve or 15,000 miles, and a lot of times if you already have 20 work orders in my software and you've got a problem, it's 14 months, I'm going to call the vendor and say, hey, I haven't used a favor for a long time. Can I get another alternator? This is two months out of warranty. And he goes, what are you coming to the party with? And I say, I'm going to do the labor for free. <laughs> so if you give me the part, I'm going to do the labor. Because it's not fair to them. Say, I say, I want you to give the part, and then I charge labor again. That's not fair to him. So that's kind of yeah. how it works. But I, I think you'll get this fixed. You just need a fresh pair of ice. And what was the name of their shop? Um, Thompson's. Brian? Thompson's, yeah. Uh, Brian and Thelma own it. Thompson's, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for your years. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to take a quick break. Tom, you don't go anywhere because we'll be back in about three minutes. Anybody else? 602-508-0960. We're going to be here for the next hour as well, but now's the time to get in. We'll be right back. National competition for your business is eating away at your customer base. Like digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one. You need Salem Surround. When a customer does a search, they need to find your business, not the competition. Your contact information needs to be accurate and all over the web. You need the right tools to turn visitors into leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence. Learn more at surroundphoenix.com. Surroundphoenix.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. In the midst of their seemingly endless and unpredictable fight for the 2020 presidential nomination, does it make sense for Democrats to promote some of their least likable congressional leaders as the new face of their party? The result of the new impeachment investigation assigned to six different House committees is that the leaders of those committees, including Maxine Waters, Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff and Elijah Cummings, will dominate the debate and upstage the flailing presidential contenders. As it happens, all six chairs are from New York, California, Maryland, and Massachusetts, perfectly positioned to alienate key suburban voters in swing states that will decide the outcome of the election. The impeachment pursuit elevates some of the Democrats' least appealing proponents to positions of preeminence, helping to ensure party losses in the upcoming battles for control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. I'm Michael Medved. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. 
F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. Or S. Speech difficulty. Then T. Time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. 43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we've got a lot of callers, but quickly let me tell you about Action Auto Repair I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since early 80s. He opened up his shop in 1983. I respected his car ability in, in 1980. He just had the skills and had the knowledge of how a car works. And at that time, he was selling these big boxes that everybody used to say, let's put it on the scope. Well, he had one, but the one I bought was one of his competitors, and he never let me forget that, but we've become best friends, and he's a good guy. So he's been there for a long time, and he's married, and he's just a good guy. So if you're anywhere near I-17 and and the uh, I-17 in Deer Valley, and you don't have a garage, stop by Tom's and get an oil change, or call him and get an oil change. Tom, you're up first. How can I help you? Morning, Mark. How you doing? I'm good. Good, good. I've got a 2017 Accord. It's got the four-cylinder, the K24. The um, Honda calls for a 172-degree thermostat. So I notice now that the weather's I go to work probably 60, 65. My oil temperature is only getting like 170, 175. I feel like that's not hot enough. What do you think? I don't like the fact that it's 170. I always state that the engine coolant and the engine um, oil should be pretty close to one another, as my truck is. And I've tested my wife's and a lot of other cars as well. But are you absolutely sure it's a 170? Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I'd uh, done a lot of, well, I'd looked on the Internet to see if it was just me. And then, you know, I looked on the application and then looked on the Honda. And I thought, 172 is cold. Okay. Here's the deal. It's going to open at 170, but here's the problem with that. In the old days, we had these one, uh, these 180 thermostats. Well, yes. the motor never got to 212 where we could boil off the water. So every time you shut it off, it makes a tablespoon of water. So that turns into sludge, and that's all we had in the 70s and the 80s. So in the 90s, they came out with these thermostats that make the car run at 220. 195 is the most popular. Well, at 220, we're boiling the water off because 212 turns the water liquid to a vapor. PCV valve sucks it out, out the tailpipe. So I'm real concerned with your oil temperature and your engine temperature um, because I think it's going to be too low, and I think you're going to have sludge, and I think you're not going to like that. So if I were you, this is what I would do. I'd cut a piece of cardboard that would cover the the bottom third of my radiator, <laughs> And I would go drive it. Now, here's the deal. We want everybody to run at three-quarter gauge. You're probably half or less right now? Uh, I've got a temperature gauge in the upper radiator. Okay, okay. That Now, is this one you installed? Yes. Okay. All right. Why did you install the auxiliary uh, temperature gauge? I just wanted to know what it was because I just see a lot of leeway, a lot of uh, room for error with a mechanical gauge. Okay. Um, I think what you should do is not rely on that because I wouldn't rely on that at all. Go to Harbor Freight and buy yourself a temperature gun. Okay. And gun the top hose because that's where hot water's coming out into the radiator, and then the gun the bottom hose 
and see what it is. We should lose 10 to 20 degrees in that transition. As the water comes in the top, then as it travels through the radiator and gets sucked out the bottom, we're going to dissipate the heat. You might find out that if you hit the thermostat housing or the metal part that's attached to the upper hose from the engine, you might find out you might be in the 200, 220 range. As long as you're there, that's fine. But I, I'm not going to hang my hat on a, uh, a thermometer that's tucked in behind a hose and clamped on there because historically we have found they haven't been very dependable and they usually don't last very long. So uh, another thing you can do is just look at your gauge. The middle should be somewhere around 190, and the three-quarter mark should about be 230 approximately, and you want to ride kind of in the middle between the top or the middle mark and the three-quarter mark. That's kind of where you want. So okay. anyway. The, uh, another part of the question. My, in doing my reading, with the uh, direct injection, high compression, and they're afraid of the knocking, is that why they would recommend a low temperature thermostat i'm I'm like you 195 is a magic number no no 195 is my magic number if you were my brother and i do love my brother i'd tell him the same thing with with respect to to it um, the heat has really nothing to do with knocking that's timing so and and your motor probably doesn't even have a distributor so the computer's going to advance and retard the timing and it does it faster than the blink of an eye and here's how it does it it's it's looking around and the knock sensor is real quiet. Then all of a sudden the knock sensor goes hey hey hey, and the computer says to the distributor or to the ignition back off a degree, and then the, the knock sensor says hey hey hey, and he goes go another degree, and then pretty soon it's hey 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 or the hey hey hey's gone and the computer goes okay I needed to retard two degrees to get the knocking done. Now a bad power steering bracket can create a knock. And then the knock is interpreted by the the um, computer as a, a ping. The computer starts to retard the timing, and pretty soon you lose power. But the computer's trying to control that knock. It thinks the engine has pre-ignition. It's knocking, but really the power steering bracket's broken. So that's how difficult it is sometimes to diagnose it. But to answer your question, the fact that it's 170 um, would typically, I, 90% of the time, um, it, it's going to be timing and not engine heat that causes it to, to rattle. So i got to go. Thank you very much, Tom. J.D., you're up next. I'm J.D., here. go ahead. I'm here. Okay, I'm here too. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Mark. Listen, I, yesterday I acquired a 1996 Dodge Ram 360 four-wheel drive, and uh, it... it it wants to overheat when you turn your air conditioner on. Okay. But if you don't turn the air conditioner on and go out on the freeway, it won't run hot enough. Okay. And so it's looking to me like perhaps somebody removed the thermostat. No, 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 no. Let me so here's let me regurgitate what you said. When I'm at lower speed, city driving, and I turn on the air conditioning, my temperature climbs. But Mark, when I get on the highway. I turn on the air and hardly nothing happens. Is that no? Correct? I didn't leave the air on on the highway. You don't leave the air on. Well, I was afraid actually. I just got okay. the thing, so I didn't All know right. if I was going to get from A to B. Okay. Well, if that's the case, you have a bad fan clutch. Think about it. When you're driving around the city, we're pushing air through the radiator, but it's doing it at 30 miles an hour. When you're on the freeway, you're doing 75, 80, or like 90, like my wife. We're shoving air through the radiator. Yeah. So if you have a you have a temperature a significant temperature difference between low speed and high speed and I know that 360's got a fan clutch on it I think that's where you start 
But yeah, the thermostat yeah. in that vehicle should be a 195. Okay, and uh, well, one other little tidbit here. The radiator, the fan clutch, the hoses all look brand new on this thing. Okay, so, I know, but I used to put a fan clutch on my dad's truck, and he lived in Douglas, and everybody, every time he came to Phoenix, I had to put a fan clutch on it. And so I tried a different one. I still had the problem. I was just getting ready to get up and buy, give up and buy the truck for my dad. And uh, I read from a friend of mine who had written a paper that you need to look at this fan clutch because this is the company that makes all the rest of them. So you're going right to the guy that makes it. So I put that on there. I never did another one for my dad. So all right. We, I'm two blocks from Thompson. So. Okay. And, and it's it's... He'll know if the fan clutch is the problem. I promise you, he'll know. There's certain way. Let me ask you another question. When you're driving down the freeway, does it sound like the fan clutch is locked up and there's a hell of a lot of air being moved underneath your hood or not? And I don't, I don't hear that, but it does have some duels on it, so it does, it does uh, purr pretty well. So okay. I don't know if I'd be able to hear that. Okay, good enough, good enough. I, yes, no, and I don't know are three exact, acceptable questions. So thank you, J.D., thank you very much. Dan, you're up next. How can I help you? Um, yeah, I have a um, 2005 Honda Element, and uh, in the starter, uh, uh, it, it spins, but it doesn't appear to engage the gear. And at first, I checked the, you know, the, the usual stuff, the battery and all that. Okay. But it's I, not I any of the batteries. That. It's not any of that. Let me ask you a question. Does it change when the engine's hot and cold? Well, I haven't been able to get the thing started since. It, okay. uh, uh, the, the only way is, would be to push start, and I haven't gotten to that okay. point yet. All right. Well, it's clicking and the motor's spinning, but the spinning motor isn't got teeth contact with the flywheel. Correct. And so here's what I want you to do. Do you know where the starter is? Yes. Follow the positive cable to the starter. I want your wife to get in, and I want you say, try it, honey, and she does it, and it spins. And you say, okay, stop, and you hit it with a hammer. And then you go, go ahead, honey, and you do that three times. I bet the thing starts. Go get yourself a new starter. Okay. Yeah, That's a, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you told me that to rule it out because it's incredibly difficult to get the starter out. I know. Um, I know. And don't if you're going to do oh, okay. it, don't buy one without a solenoid. You want a starter solenoid package. Denso and Hitachi make really good starters for domestic cars as well. So it's not uncommon for me to put a Denso or a, a Hitachi starter in somebody's car because if my wife needed a starter, she'd get the same doggone one. So that's what I'd do if I were you. And if you hit it and it starts, it's, it's possible that you... you you got the drive to go further, or the brushes in the back, or you got a heck of a wobble on the shaft. And it's worn. How many miles are on your Element first? It actually, it's fairly low miles. It only has uh, about seventy-five thousand on it. Okay, but in reality, it's an 05, so it's what fourteen years old. Yeah. Okay. You've identified this starter problem. This is not a battery problem. This has nothing to do with that. But you could go to Mark Salem at Mark. No, Mark. At, no, MarkSalem.com. I'll get it right. MarkSalem.com and look at FAQ 27 or 28, and it will help you diagnose your problem. You watch the headlights, and the wife tries to start it. And so do they go from really bright to nothing? Do they go really bright to dim, or do they change it all? You're looking at the headlights, and it will help you understand. But I don't think this is a voltage problem. you got the starter drive um, running, so I don't think it's a voltage problem at all. But anyway, thank you very much. That was a good question, Dan. I think I can squeeze. David, you're up next. I think I can get you in. 
Hello, Mark. I have a Hi. 2012 uh, Toyota Tacoma, uh, 70,000 miles or 74,000 miles. I just bought it like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And it was pinging and puttering, and I took it into uh, SNS Power to have it evaluated. Uh-huh. And they told me it had a uh, revision notice on it. Okay. And um, I, ca- I called where I bought it from the dealership, and uh, they say uh, they, they, they didn't find nothing when they uh, re- uh, serviced it before they sold it. And that uh, I told them that it was. Uh, well, the problem was, and I, there was a uh, repro, uh, reprogram EMC, uh-huh. and uh, and it, here on the paperwork that they gave me with SMS tires, it was covered under uh, applicable warranty under uh, Toyota Toyota uh, Federal Emissions Warranty. Okay. I was wondering uh, if Toyota dealership has to do that, or can I take that to another service pack? You're far better off to have that done at the dealer for record reasons. But um, I would approach it this way. I would call uh, the dealer and ask to talk to service and get the service rider's name and say, I have these specific symptoms for my Tacoma, and I've been looking around, and I found this bulletin that talks exactly about my symptoms. So I'd like to bring it in, and I'll tell you what, I'll hand you a copy of the bulletin, and I, I want to know what's the minimum amount of diagnostic or labor I'm faced with. Give me a very small range. Because here's the deal. They look at the paperwork. They look at the VIN. Bingo, bingo, bingo. And at, at this point, it's their dime. So they should be able to do that real quick and determine. Now, it costs $128 for me to go to the, the, the cloud. They get it for free, but they pay a lot of money to get it for free. So I'm going to hook your car up. I'm going to go to the cloud, and I'm going to say, hey, cloud, look. And I'm going to go to the Toyota website up in the cloud, and I'm going to say, hey, take a look at this and see if there's any updates. And the cloud goes, no, but I can, I've can. i got one version better than you have. Oh, perfect. And so he downloads the version. I'm paying 128 for it, but I've also got a technician tied up for 45 minutes. And so they download that. We go drive it. Bingo, bango, we're done. And then you you come in, but in your particular case, yours is new enough. It's a twelve that it's not under emissions warranty anymore. But I would certainly be pleasantly firm about this is a problem that you created. I'd like you to fix it. That's okay. what I would do. All righty. Okay. So one quick question, Philip. So that the uh, ninety-six months and the eighty thousand mile—that's just a, a general. Uh, mileage and month, so it could vary depending on the car. Okay. So there's no guarantee that it's, that it's covered under that warranty? Well, you have to find out. You have to read the contract, and you have to have a firm diagnosis. Those two, before you can contact the aftermarket warranty or the Toyota place. And um, I, I just think it's always best to start with the diagnosis. And then decide where we're going. Because the diagnosis may say that the scuculator valve's bad. And when you look at the contract, the scuculator valve's not a covered item. And so at that particular point, if you want it fixed, you're going to pay for it yourself. On the other hand, if the scuculator valve's listed, then we call your aftermarket warranty company or whatever. And we negotiate with them. We tell them what we did and what we didn't do. i got to go, David. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. And we'll be back in about three minutes. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.